Welcome and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks, where we have one of our global impact partners take a few minutes to address issues of site concern. I'm Michael Jay, a Director of Special Projects here at the Society, and today we're speaking with Zach Hales, a Product Manager at Greenfire. And he's going to be talking about the growing environment of virtual trials. Before we get started, I'll give Zach a moment to introduce himself. Hi, Zach. How are you? Hi, Mike. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's great to speak with you today. Um, so, so my role at Greenfire is uh, as the product manager of two solutions, our ClinCard and Connect solutions, uh, which are primarily associated with providing financial uh, assistance and travel services to participants who participate in clinical research. Uh, from the inception of, of Greenfire, which was 12 years ago um, on May 5th, uh, the inception, our founders worked to apply the unique domain expertise to address uh, many business administrative challenges in clinical research. So we focus on optimizing financial and administrative workflows in clinical research. And those workflows are really powerful around the payment processing engine that we provide. Our initial solutions were aimed at problems experienced by clinical sites, and over the years, our solutions have expanded upstream and downstream in the clinical process, while always keeping the investigative site at the center. Well, happy anniversary, and thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to us about the, the ever-growing environment of virtual trials. So, Virtual, hybrid, decentralized, remote, whatever you call them, clinical trials were already to, uh, moving towards this trend of using technology for more clinical trials before COVID-19. So with this trend, it doesn't mean that the role of the site is diminished, it's just changed. So we need to think of different ways to support patients where they are, whether it's the clinic, the local lab, or in their homes. So what tools do sites need to help them succeed? For example, flexible payment systems, face-to-face uh, -face virtual meetings, direct-to-patient services, uh, and things like that. So are we, are we really talking, before we get started, just to clarify, are we really talking about virtual trials? So I think that's a great question, and, you know, especially in, in the, the, uh, the atmosphere that we're in today with, with COVID-19 taking place. Um, I would say for the most part, no although it does seem to be heading in that direction. Um, you know, SCRS calls them decentralized, so most trials are not completely virtual. Um, the technology needs to advance for that to happen. Uh, and, and ultimately, a completely virtual trial really only works for the, the later phase trials in very select therapeutic areas. Right, so, so a, more like it would be a hybrid style trial, correct? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, historically, most trials took place in the clinic because of the need for initial assessments, consent documentation, et cetera. Um, technology, though, is enabling some of this to be done online, which is great. Uh, there are, is a lot of opportunity to streamline the process within a clinical trial, but there are concerns around the quality, control, or privacy of data that have to be addressed. Um, for some routines, types of so, for some routines, um, you know, procedures such as blood draws, they can be done at local labs, but often the site is, is the place to go for good reason, right? Changing this would, would ultimately take a significant shakeup in the clinical trial supply chain. 
there are there are completely complex procedures that often need to take place in the clinic because the equipment is in the office. You know, dispersing drugs, biologic specimen storage, clinical equipment, or biologic storage, which is often you know temperature controlled, is very complex and, and it's difficult to complete outside of the clinic. So that is most frequently happening in the earlier phase studies. Uh, but we also need to ensure that the sponsor has access to be able to come on site and audit the materials, the, the equipment, you know, that is absolutely needed to run the trial. This is a big, expensive, this is, you know, this is big, expensive equipment, and it's often difficult to transport outside of the clinic. Right. So, so in, in this, this new style of the tech-enabled trial, what is, what's missing? So I think what's, what's really missing from the, these tech-enabled trials is ultimately taking into account the patient experience. So I've worked with uh, a, significant, a significant number of, you know, pharma organizations, CROs, and the research sites themselves, and, and having discussion after discussion about, you know, what is the most important piece of that clinical trial, you know, other than getting the drug or device to market, and it's the patient experience. You know, if you're using technology, it really needs to enhance the patient experience and make them feel um, like they're being taken care of. It's, it's absolutely critical. The patient experience is, is everything within clinical research now. If you look at, you know, the site reviews that, that show up on, online, you know, you can look at them on, on Google, right? Patients are often talking about how they're treated in a trial. And it is the experience that counts. They want to be taken care of. They are participating in something that is going to change the lives of many down the road. And it's important to keep that in mind. You know, building trust and retaining patients in the trial is, is what's likely for a patient to participate in future research. You know, why would they come back if they're not being taken care of and they're not being treated with the, the utmost respect? There's a, a high likelihood that they don't come back. So, you know, they have to make life easier for the patients, um, you know, making them want to come back. Uh, oftentimes we hear that people are dropping out of the trials because they feel like they're not treated in a humane manner, uh, even at the site. And it's only accentuated when it's online, um, needing to create a human connection. It's, it's vital. Um, and the last thing I'd say about that is that we need to ensure that there's a level playing field, you know, considered of the diverse populations, whether they're, they're in a pediatric study um, or it's an Alzheimer's study, you know, the different populations that may not have access to technology. Uh, one example that I, I give is that we heard from a coordinator who was operating a rheumatology trial and offering a remote informed consent form to a patient. And, and so the woman didn't know how to sign because she didn't know how to use the left mouse click button. And I mean, that may sound small, but you really have to think about, you know, the population within the study. It could be very intimidating and very impersonal if they have to figure things out on their own. So we need to make sure that the site is accessible to those who may be lesser educated or not as contemporary with new technology. Right, and, and, and in cases like this, you know, patients have to go to the doctor, but they don't have to participate in a trial. So especially for these new patients, their first time, this, this is their first time with this experience, so it should be as, as personable as possible. So how can we make it easy for sites to deliver on these hybrid decentralized trials? 
Yeah, I mean, that's another great question. And we've talked a lot about why the site is still essential, and they absolutely are. Um, there's equipment and processes that are often difficult to take to the patient. Uh, and even in, in the space where we're at right now, where it's the stay-at-home orders that are in place, um, you know, ideally they get lifted in the near future, but oftentimes participants need to have medication delivered to their house now. Uh, they also need the ability to have the site personnel come to their, to their location. So they're not able to, to traverse to the research site, but they need someone to come to them. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of trials actively taking place right now where, uh, you know, medicine needs to be taken, drugs need to be provided, and they need to be used to support the clinical research. Um, so making sure that there is a way to to streamline that without placing additional burden onto the, the, the study participants. Um, there are other means as well. I mean, if there's a way to consolidate visits, now I know typically within protocols, there is a set schedule, but if there is a way to, you know, um, allow for multiple types of visits to occur at the same time where there may not necessarily be procedures taking place, maybe right. that's something we could do. Um, you know, trying to, to make it uh, less lengthy. People often have to travel a significant distance, and if they can't travel, getting the, the, the technology to the participants is, is vital there. Uh, one of the biggest things that we've been hearing about recently, um, and, and even based on a survey that Greenfire had, had, had created a few weeks ago, um, where we had a significant response from site personnel, uh, one of the biggest things that they're asking for is a way to reward the study participants for doing activities at home. You know, whether it's an assessment or it's completing an e-diary, taking blood pressure, any way to trigger payments that can not necessarily incentivize patients, but it's almost like a reimbursement for their time, their time to, to provide data to the, to the sponsors. Um, Greenfires produced a means for data-triggered payments where we have an open API that can support uh, event-driven milestones, events that will trigger basically a payment within ClinCard. So it's very exciting. We're seeing some significant adoption there. And, and this is something that initially when we were thinking about it, we were thinking about late phase, you know, phase 3B, phase 4 studies for real-world evidence. Uh, where they're just trying to get diaries completed and the compliance for diaries was, was falling low. But now we're seeing this as, okay, we want to make sure that the, the participants in this clinical research and this clinical study are, are being taken care of. You know, they're spending an hour to do a diary or, you know, 50 minutes for an assessment and being able to provide them with um, a means of compensation for that time spent is absolutely vital to getting the data that we need because ultimately clinical research is really about getting the data so that we can get the, the right. drugs and devices to market. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the ability to get site personnel to, uh, to somebody's home, that's, a, that's another big one. Uh, you know, Greenfire just recently released their, you know, Connects Patient Direct. And that's our ability to transport the medicine, the supplies, and the site personnel to the actual, the, the participant's home. And that's something that we believe 
is, is not only needed for COVID, but that's needed for clinical research uh, on a global scale. And so we're seeing some adoption of that as well. Uh, and it's, it's really taking off. Um, one of the things though about, about all of this is keeping the sites involved, right? The site doesn't go away in a hybrid or in a virtual trial. Uh, the sites are involved, you know, they're utilizing technology. They are, are often inundated with uh, multiple applications that they have to access. And so being able to provide, provide the, the site personnel with a one-stop shop is, is something that will make them grateful for, uh, you know, the investment that the sponsors and CROs are taking within clinical research. Um, we are really seeing sites get frustrated with that quantity of applications that are required to conduct the research. So um, con consolidating them into, you know, one location, whether it's, you know, the shared investigator platform, you know, SIP, or it's uh, a CTMS, or it's a, a new portal that somebody is developing, you know, consolidating the technology into one location is, is very important. Uh, we're providing uh, single sign-on functionality to support that need. So the ability to uh, add ClinCard and connects to their portfolio of applications, but not having to need 15 different usernames and passwords, which is honestly one of the biggest frustrations that we see. So being able to provide that into one portal and allow them to move from storefront to storefront, it was a huge takeaway from a, a conference that I was on two weeks ago. It was a, a virtual trial conference about the technology that is coming uh, within the clinical research space. Uh, and, and it was just an amazing event to, to be able to be a part of. Where was it? where was that? So it was a, it was a virtual trial conference, uh, and it was it happened I think it was maybe two weeks ago, and it was virtual clinical trials online I believe was the conference, and okay. then the the event was technology within clinical trials, and it was hosted by uh, a handful of of industry personnel that had a lot of great information to provide. And conducted virtually, I'm assuming, correct? Exactly. So it was, it was interesting to see that. We were talking about virtual clinical trials in a virtual environment. I think that's, you know, it's interesting to see the way that these conferences are going to head because of what's taking place. All right. Well, thanks very much for, for giving us a, a, a quick chat on the environment of virtual trials. You mentioned a survey. I'll follow up with you um, separately to find out a little bit more about that, your survey that went out. There's a, a lot of surveys going on, and I'm uh, interested in, in seeing how they're, they're all being run and the questions that people are asking. Uh, well, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, our, our uh, SCRS Talks uh, interview for, for today. Um, I'd like to thank Zach Hales over at Greenfire and just everyone over there. We've been working with them for, for, for many years, and we have a great relationship with Greenfire. Um, and thanks for listening. Make sure you register for upcoming webinars and discussions. You can uh, go to myscrs.org and visit our learning campus, and also check out the SCRS Insight Journal. But We publish that quarterly for members in the members section of our website. We appreciate Greenfire today. That's greenfire.com, G-R-E-E-N-P-H-I-R-E.com to find out more about what they're doing. 
We appreciate them and their participation in today's program. Hopefully, we'll see you guys in the future. Um, And thanks a lot to everyone for listening. Bye-bye.